Go Postal does not advocate or encourage the abuse of alcoholic beverages. We ask that you drink responsibly, and if you feel you have a substance abuse problem, we encourage you to seek professional help. Well, welcome, listeners. I know we've been chatting a bit, but welcome, listeners. We uh, have Kate from the podcast Ignorance Was Bliss here with us this evening. Uh, recording. Um, really, really fascinating background. Kate, we're so happy to have you. Thank you for joining us. Um, so happy. You have been absolutely instrumental in helping me, especially with the social media, take things to another level. Um, and you've just really embraced me. So I totally appreciate it. Um, You're welcome. I yeah. mean, thank you for playing along. Yeah. it's Hey, we're having a blast. <laughs> so no complaints. Uh what I wanted to talk to you about a little bit, because your background is, uh, well, explain explain your background a little bit. I listened to it from your um, intro episode, but let, let's let our listeners hear it from you. I won't I won't tell them tell it for you. Sure, um, I have training in both criminal justice and counseling, mental health counseling initially, and I went on for my doctorate in clinical psych. Um, I am not Dr. Wallingo only because I did not finish the final extra internship. So like I've done mm. as many hours as most doctors, but there was another layer of, of internship that I chose not to do because I had a child and kids ruin everything. Uh, <laughs> but so with that, I still did doctoral level work. I just couldn't sign my own papers. Um, so the oh. doctors really liked that and the facilities really liked that because it meant they didn't have to pay me at the same rate. Right. Which, you know, I, had, oh, I just, I don't know. But, I don't know if you listen so, to the whining crime pod podcast, uh, oh, of but course. they always say yeah, yeah. fuck the patriarchy. So when you say, Oh, I had a kid and kids mess everything up that no, I think that's the patriarchy <laughs> screwing that one up. Well, it's a little of both, but you know, the patriarchy doesn't live in my home and kids do. <laughs> <laughs> Fair <laughs> point. <laughs> But so, so I had this training and I had fully planned on just working and not having time for anything else between work and kids like you do. And then in 2014, I broke my back and I Holy ended man. up, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm able to walk and talk obviously again, but I was laid out and then I was just not able to get back up. I was not able to return to work at the level that I would need to. Right. And so I'm on disability now. I sit home doing pretty much nothing but listening to podcasts and eventually some weird problematic quirk in my psyche decided, let's do that. So now I do. Well, you're a fucking queen at it. So <laughs> yeah, you're doing something right. It's been very fun. It's, and that's been my my play all along. My rule for myself has been like, let's keep doing this until it stops being fun. I think, And so far, it's been a blast. That's a pretty good rule in life. Keep doing it until you don't enjoy it anymore. Um, right. So something I wanted to tie into that, because obviously our podcast is, it's really light. It's very stupid, very silly. Um and you have you not heard mine? Mine's mine goes pretty stupid <laughs> on a regular basis. My, my my fourth episode, I'm working on like this was you know fourth episode right at this point. I still took myself fairly seriously. Where I'm now, I'm like fuck it, whatever. Uh, but at the time, 
I was still at least trying to present myself as like not being an idiot. And now people have found me out. So it's cool. And my daughter <laughs> turns to me at like three or four in the afternoon and goes, I want to talk about creepypastas and ARGs. And I'm not that old, but I'm old enough to go, huh? Creepy, yeah, the whole, whole creepy pasta thing. I've only heard of that because of podcasts. I'm just like, what? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm still eight too. years behind on technology. Well, not technology, but on the uh, social or cultural um, phenomenon. So, you know, <laughs> I'm like, creepy pasta. Yeah, well, <laughs> apparently, I was because I had heard of creepy pastas because I've lived with the child for quite a while now. But ARGs, I'm like, I don't eat ARG. Okay, whatever. No. And um, so by by like 10 o'clock that night, we had put the little ones to bed and she's like, OK, let's go record. And I'm like, OK, <laughs> let's let's do that. The thing that you just said, let's go do it. And so we came down here and somehow put an episode together that was just That's her great. talking about shit she's interested in and me trying to make it sound remotely Oh, I wouldn't even go so far as academic, but maybe pseudo-academic or scholarly or something. You've got a good Wikipedia you, you know, up. Yeah, something. You know, but, but I just sort of, and that was the time, you know, since then, since that point, that's when I realized, like, okay, you know what? Let's just play. Right. And that's what yeah. it's been. So So don't let me come across as a serious podcaster by any means well and that's something that i think like what we're doing and what i've at least what i've learned from it is that i mean i've shared some really personal stuff on here uh really embarrassing and shameful moments for me and like we've talked about this struggle with drinking and binge drinking and um you know using it as a coping mechanism and um what we found is uh i had a friend after i shared a story on here that I thought was mortifying. And I told Michael, I'm like, we need to take the episode down. I can't have it. They said, cause they identify as they, them, they said, uh, you know, you work at this really high profile, really intelligent job. Um, you know, I did my master's degree in the UK and now I'm working for, um, a museum and doing my job, which is amazing. And they said, you know, I really thought you were this like super impressive, incredibly intelligent human being and was really in awe of you. And then I realized, holy shit, you're just like the rest of us. Like, yeah, I get (laughs) fucked up just like the rest of you. I screw up just like the rest of you. Um, So it's it's really interesting that it's helping me connect with other people and just realize that we're all human and we all screw up. And we all have our problems and we all have our faults. But at the end of the day, we can just connect. No, absolutely. (laughs) I think that the times when I've come off as the goofiest or, you know, sort of of the most clueless, you know, just pointing out like, look, I may sound smart, but I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Whether it's podcasting or parenting or, you know, forensic psych and shit. All I do, I'm just, I can come up with an answer. I don't Mm -hmm. have the answer. And frankly, I hope there's not the answer. Because that's terrifying. Because that means probably like 99.9999% of us are absolutely wrong. 
That's fine. That's cool. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying is that if there was just one answer, then fuck. You know, yeah. I have, yeah. because rude. I can change my, I can, I can argue at least two sides of any given situation and maybe more. And so if there's only one answer, yeah, all by myself, I'm fucked. I, okay. Okay. So that do? brings up the question. Uh, Yanny or Laurel? You know what? <laughs> okay. My, I was just saying I can see more than one side of the story. Most often what that means is that I'm kind of a pain in the ass with a lot of things because I don't get <laughs> the answer I'm supposed to or the answer people expect because I don't hear either one. That's amazing. <laughs> but continue. The, okay, so what do you hear? I I hear Yahweh. Oh, Yahweh. Oh. Okay. And, and let me tell you, I am not motherfucking religious at all. <laughs> like, I have nothing but respect for people who can appropriately use their religion. Use it to make yourself happy. Use it to, you know, pursue inner peace or whatever it is it's supposed to pursue. As long as you're not waving it in my face, we're cool. Absolutely. Like, I have nothing but respect for people who are able to use it correctly. But that being said, I am not motherfucking religious. And so for me to hear Yahweh is kind of funny. That is really funny. Okay, so here's um, – I was speaking with uh, Richard who is on another podcast uh, that we'll mention later tonight. Um, he brought it to my attention and he sent me a, a clip of it or like you know the site that it was on. And I listened to it and I heard Yanny right away. And I kept hearing Yanny, 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 Yanny. And then I closed it. And he's like, crap, well, I hear Laurel now. I'm like, what? So I go back and I hear Laurel. Here's the thing. I was using my headphones the whole time. I was using the same volume and it changed for me. It kept flipping back and forth, back and forth. Um, so I, and so he sent me a YouTube video on the science behind it. So, all right, I'm listening to it and I'm still hearing Yanny at this point. It's, it flipped back to Yanny unplugged my headphones listen to it on my phone flip to laurel and i'm like oh well there you go it's got to be my headphones right went back to the same point in the video plug my headphones back in it's still laurel so at this point i don't know what's going on my ears are possessed or i don't know but i hear both <laughs> so i'm like what is it with people that see see the the blue dress or the gold dress or that hear laurel or yanny is there's some psychology involved with that. I find the whole argument really fascinating. Michael, what did you hear? You, you haven't answered. <laughs> I haven't. A lady never reveals her secrets. Well, I have no answer for that. Sometimes No, I'm can. just kidding. <laughs> I... <laughs> All right, you got me there, Kate. <laughs> uh, I two also heard uh yanny at first and then it moved into laurel but i haven't revisited it i just listened to it for like 10 seconds so it may be the next time i bring it up it'll start off as what is yeah. it yanny i don't know I, I feel like for me like people who can hear both maybe they're just more open-minded like they're open to the possibility that they can hear both Whereas if someone's not very open-minded, they hear one, that's it. That's the only thing it is. And they'll argue that point to the end of time. Well, it's, there was a, a quote from 
your podcast I was listening to earlier today, Kate, um, about like, uh, I think it was hysteria. There's like a pink elephant in the room, but people will not, they all come to the agreement that there's not a pink <laughs> elephant in the room. So they're just going to be like, there isn't a pink elephant in the room. <clears throat> Can I offer a my professional opinion? Absolutely. Please Please. <laughs> I think there's something to do with the bandwidth that it's loading loading at the time you listen to it. Oh, you know, that, that's, totally, Simple. That, yeah, that's totally legit because as I move around in my museum, the connection can get really spotty and difficult. So uh, I can see that. I can see that. I, 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 this is what I was saying about being a pain in the ass. You know what? No, it's... I'd, I'd rather the explanation be bandwidth rather than Carla. You're kind of a little bit crazy. You might want to go see a doctor about that. Which I mean, I well, I would hope that all of us are a little bit crazy because I have not yet met a podcaster who does not like wallow in anxiety and <laughs> self doubt on a daily basis. That is, that is the definition <laughs> of my life. Yeah, I mean. I, you could have just been talking about me, and we've like barely talked. You've mostly been talking about Carla. Yep. <laughs> Got it pegged. Oh, okay. You should just become the online uh, psychiatrist or um, therapist for all podcasters. I mean, yeah. Oh, don't sign me up. I don't think I don't think you can handle that. I don't think anyone should have to handle that or put that burden on their shoulders. <laughs> oh, that's too. I've already had a couple of moments where people have looked for me for stuff where I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't even can't. Good luck with that. I'm backing out. I, just... no, I was seriously going to ask to be like, Kate, you want to be my therapist? Because, girl, I need one. I don't do therapy. Ugh. Like, I never could. I, I, I suck at it. Oh, that's, uh, that's really surprising. Um, I really do. You need to have so much patience because I'll tell you something about all humans ever. Your problems are hard. Sorry, I got it backwards. Mm. Just me too. Your problems are easy. Mine are hard. Right? And that's how all humans feel about all other humans. That's true. Right? That we look at uh -huh. the other person like, Jesus Christ, you know, get above it. You know, whatever it is, your problems are easy. You want to hear what I got to deal with? And the other person looks at you like, right okay i'm gonna throw right. down now you know and the reality is like we look at somebody else's problems this very sort of practical from the outside mindset and it's very easy to be like look you just gotta dump the bastard or you just have to stop running around naked or whatever it is that you're doing <laughs> you know and yeah. the problem is <clears throat> when you're inside it you're like okay i'm i have all these invested emotion and history and whatever i have all this shit invested in it and so i'm just gonna keep doing it the way i'm doing because change is motherfucking scary like all change right. is scary it, it doesn't matter if it's for the better it's scary and so as a therapist you have to first spend a whole a fair amount of time really getting to know the client get inside their head understanding how they see the world which i tend to do very quickly because i'm i think pretty morally flexible <laughs> maybe um Hmm. which goes with the no motherfucking religion right is that i don't have a real strong moral <laughs> compass and so it's easy for me to get inside other people's heads but then the other thing a therapist has to do is wait for you to make change at your own speed 
Like, if I tell you how to change and you're not ready to hear it, then we both just piss each other off. Right. You Mm -hmm. have to, a therapist has to have a very light touch and be very patient. And I've done therapy. You have to do it in order to get some of the training that I've gotten. And I'll tell you inside I'm screaming (laughs) like, Oh my God, all you have to do is this. Right. Or I mean, and some, I don't do, I don't do it well. And so we all kind of fall to our strengths and my strength is not doing therapy. And that's, helpful to tell somebody online when they're like because i've had people legitimately come to me like i actually want you to be my therapist and i'll be like i actually don't and that's (laughs) so healthy to be aware of you're like i can't do this and it would not be beneficial to either of us for me not to do this exactly you find your strengths that's really interesting like you would be well no you wouldn't be surprised i get that all the time from people where I'm just like, you know what, I really, I really feel like I should quit drinking or I should really stop doing this. And they're like, oh, well, all you have to do is do it in moderation. And I'm like, what if you don't get that moderation isn't my thing? Like, it's not my forte. So uh, people just say, oh, I think if moderation was my forte, I wouldn't have a problem with drinking in the first place. Yeah. Yes, exactly. As Michael recovers (laughs) from his four-day hangover and me from my four-day bender, so... (laughs) <laughs> oh god let's not talk about that this is why i've banned banned drinking for the next month because wow. something happened and i don't know what <laughs> your yeah. your your liver and kidneys are sad yeah they yeah it's it's they're releasing some sort of parasite into my brain saying stop for the love of god stop <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of ridiculous drinking, because Kate, you also know that I left my phone in a taxi the other night, which thankfully I was responsible and got a ride home and, you know, didn't kill anyone or myself or whatever, uh, but still left my goddamn purse and the phone in the taxi, which required me to hunt for it the next day. Um, Do you have a, a story for us, for our listeners about, I don't know, anything you want? The floor is yours. Okay, so for mine, let me tell you something. I, first of all, married my college bartender. (laughs) And so... (laughs) You'd think that I would have an absolute plethora of ridiculous drinking stories, but, you know, with all apologies and much love to Willem... I think marrying my college bartender might be about the biggest craziness that I've done. Um, realistically, though, I was I was sober at our wedding, I think. But <laughs> the reality is, I, I if you were too. sober I at my wedding, you might as well have been. <laughs> I was I was sober at I your wedding. You sober yeah. at your own. I was not sober at yours, Michael. <laughs> I bled so, it. I, you know, so I asked my husband, okay, now here, I back up just briefly is that I'm not going to go into the the details just because I already have a little bit and I don't need to bore you guys or take you that far astray. But I had a very serious illness in 2010 and spent a week and a half in a coma. Then I developed epilepsy in 2016. So those two things have fried my goddamn brain. And so I'm, I'm mostly okay to function. I struggle for words sometimes and I don't have a solid memory of things. Um, 
I, you know, mm-hmm. I have to, I have to really think and I need a lot of reminders, especially for things that happened a long time ago. And I struggle with like, what did, what, which of those happened first or what? So I, so the moral is I'm thinking like crazy drinking stories, shit, crazy. I don't even know. And so I, I asked my husband, I'm like, what's the craziest thing I've ever done drunk? And he looked at me and he's like, well, you kept drinking. Like, that's the craziest thing I've done is just <laughs> kept drinking. And he is right on, on the one hand, because like my mother used to make homebrewed wine, which means I got no idea on the alcohol by volume amount, except it's a yeah. lot. And <laughs> there was one particular night where my eventual maid of honor and I took turns holding each other's hair back while the other one puked. And then we'd be like, more wine? Okay. Because you'd have to walk, <laughs> you, you'd walk out of the bathroom at my mother's house. And if you took a, a right, you'd go to the backyard where we, we were in our brilliance taking part in a bonfire at the same time. But if you took a left, that's where she stored all her wine. And so we'd take a left and grab a bottle and bring it back down and get drunker. So, you know, that's the kind of high, higher level processing I engage in while drunk. But I don't have a whole lot of stories. And one of the reasons for that, and you know a little bit about this, is that most of my craziest shit has been stone cold sober. Because I apparently don't make good decisions. <laughs> no, honestly, I read this. Okay, so for our listeners... Uh, Kate sent me a two truths and a lie. So basically, two times she was sober, one time she was drunk. Uh, we're going to read that on a future episode and guess which one is which. So she'll have to tell us um, after this. Uh, and they're brilliant. And I don't think they're bad decisions. I think they're just insane decisions. Which isn't <laughs> well, always bad. But so I had, I did finally, after much angst and, and soul searching, I guess, brain searching, something, I came up with one when I was in college, when I still lived, I lived another of these brilliant decisions that I made. I lived across the street from the bar where my now husband worked. Now I turned 21 a month after I graduated college. So, oh. College was a series of bad decisions for me. But (laughs) one night while I'm at the bar under suspicious circumstances, because whatever, that was then, this is not then. Um, I, my, my friend, a very close friend of mine had his birthday and I felt terrible because I didn't have a present for him. So I gave him my breasts just for the night. Yeah, that was my gift. <laughs> okay. I mean, what? What? What does that entail? Like breasts? What? Like could you just like? Oh no, 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 it's not like King Missile. We're not talking detachable penis here. No. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't think it involved any touching, although I don't recall that whole night and. I'm pretty sure that's one of the nights that my husband went sort of to the, he was working as bartender that night and he went sort of to their back room and they have these little tiny bottles of, of champagne. Uh, okay. Sparkling wine. Uh, I don't know what you want to call it, but 
it was real good and it went down like soda pop <laughs> no i could hack it down i don't know three or four or teen of those in an evening and um <laughs> Love yeah. it. and so I, I i i'm pretty sure the night ended i'm pretty sure it was not one of those nights like the night with the homebrew i think is still going on i think in some parallel universe molly and i are still each getting another bottle of wine after you right. puke like that's you're, just you're, never gonna end you're still shuffling um, between the left and the right wine to bonfire bonfire. you know that's how honestly that sounds like my kind of heaven wine to bonfire bonfire. (laughs) it should be but (laughs) but the night of when i gave keith my breasts i'm pretty sure it didn't involve like touching so much as just him being able to say those are mine those for the night are mine because now i went to um a an engineering college for undergrad and that means it was six to one male to female um a lot of guys who did not have dates. A lot of guys, a lot of young men who escaped their undergraduate without having been relieved of their virginity. I think, maybe. Ooh. You know, I mean, so. I mean, you said engineering school, so that's yeah. not surprising. I had you right there. I know. Plus, oh, this is in like New York. I have a for engineers. I love engineers. Just saying. So Muslims should not have their virginity. I'm just just putting that out there. They're great once they get in the real world. But this is the problem: is I where I went to school, it was in way northern New York. Like the closest cities were Montreal and Ottawa. Oh, oh, which oh. helps you understand why I could drink a lot in college because uh, there's that. Um, all you got to do is drive an yeah. hour north, and suddenly you're legal. It was amazing. Um, <laughs> Plus then, like I said, dating a bartender. So it all worked out. Hashtag oh boy, booze Lord. running. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Booze running. Or, you know, <laughs> what was it? Oleo runners that you were talking yeah. about? I had that too. Yes. <laughs> so the yellow sticks of Satan was just surrounded by very, very pale sticks oh. of Satan, I think. Not quite yellow. I'm thinking t-shirts, yellow sticks oh, of oh Satan. Oh God, merch. Michael, well, Michael found an image image of Satan's mistresses. Right, Michael. Awesome. Were you going to include my little uh, text messages about my six six? I I could let me let me pull them up. Okay. Well, well, I'll just include it right now. All right. So, okay. Here's the thing. Three times in the last week, this has never happened to me. Three of my sale totals have come to have ended in six six six. So I messaged, sure. yeah, I, I messaged a friend uh, who I'm who I was slightly romantically involved with was going to be. I don't know. Anyway, I'm just like, are you sure you want me to come over because I might give you an STD, a satanic transmitted disease. From all of my six 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 totals, I roll. I roll. You loved it, Michael. <laughs> so, so Michael today sends me a photo that says Satan's mistresses. So not only do we have Satan's butter, we also have Satan's mistresses on this show. Yeah. So hashtag merch. <laughs> I you know 
you do what you got to do. Yeah. <laughs> that's horrible that's true so strange usually i can't imagine what that's like do you want to that could never happen to me it might lock him away he's pure evil or insane or human my name's Kate. I have worked as a forensic psychologist, as well as in prisons and as a crisis clinician. My job was to figure out who gets locked up and who gets a key to find the humanity in inhumane situations. So, are you sure you really want to know? Yeah. Maybe. Because by the end of the episodes, you just might end up thinking... I felt better before I knew that. You can find me at IWB Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, sometimes Instagram, or you can email me at IWBpodcast at gmail.com. Um, do you wanna do you wanna uh, do your uh, boobs booze and bazaar, Carla? Oh yeah. I forgot I had that. Boobs, boobs, and bizarre. So, Kate, I actually had a really hard time finding facts about Salem because everything revolves around the goddamn trials, the the Salem witch trials, and I, which I tried to avoid. Like everybody knows about them, mostly because they didn't happen here. Where did they happen? Danvers. Which is? Mm, two towns over. Okay. Huh. huh. So. Why do, you, why do you think that Salem was, was labeled as the place where the witches were well, it's prosecuted? Because day, it, okay, so at the time, there was Salem Village and Salem Town. Oh. Mm. And it was Salem Village where all the witchcraft trials happened and that's where most of the participants lived and uh, the jail was in Salem town and Salem town is where the harbor was. And then when it was all done, everybody looked around and was like, what the fuck was that? They may have said like, what ye oldie fuck was that? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. More merch. You're a gold mine, Kate. Fuck. <laughs> That's quite I mean, fuck. But in any case, they looked around at each other and were terribly disappointed. They're not disappointed. Well, disappointed in themselves, but just mortified at what had just happened. And so this is why you know of Nathaniel Hawthorne, H-A-W. Right. T-H mm-hmm. or any. That's not his family name. It's Haythorn, like H-A-T-H-O-R-N-E. No W? Uh-huh. But that was the main judge in the Salem Witch Trials. What? It was Hawthorne oh. without the W. And by the time Nathaniel rolled around, he was like, you know, bring out ye olde fucks because that was not okay. <laughs> and so <laughs> the House of the Seven Gables is in Salem. Right. And it was owned by the H.A. family, but it was written about by Nathaniel H.A.W., because he was appalled, right? So there was name changing like that where I still look at it like, Nathaniel, are you motherfucking kidding me? Like, who did that fool? Especially then. 
Like nobody was Googling you. You know, and yeah. you had to spell your name for everybody. Whatever, whatever. That was him. I can't ask him. People get upset. <laughs> we try to pick them up anymore. So we don't do that. We just don't go there. But. Well, I, okay. So it's so like. Uh... Salem Village changed their name to Danvers. Um... And we remained Salem Town. And just over time, people stopped saying town. Right. Because lazy. Mm-hmm. So now we're just Salem and everybody then later thinks, Oh, Salem witch trials. That may be, that must be these people. And, you know, frankly, it's easier to get to the Harbor, the train stations right here, you know, cause I'm sure ye old train station was just <laughs> as centrally located. And so let's show up there shit faced and in costume. And so they do. Well, I, I hate that. That's kind of like uh, the British Royal family is actually German. They were the Hanovers. But but now right. they're the Windsors and they changed their name because of World War One. Awkward to be fighting yourselves. So, same yeah. thing. It's happened. It's a thing. So okay. Yeah. So here's your boobs fact to for Salem. Um, thank you for the New England Historical Society for giving this gem to us. Um, heiress <laughs> Elizabeth Derby West caused a sensation in 1806. When she paraded a series of prostitutes through a Salem, Massachusetts courtroom to prove her ship captain husband cheated on her. So, so divorce was rare in the 17th and 18th Massachusetts, but it wasn't illegal. Puritans believed marriage was a civil matter and could be reversed. Between 1692 and 1774, only 82 Massachusetts couples, i.e. one a year, were granted annulment, divorce, or separation. However, until 1806, women could lose their own land and their own money in a divorce. A divorced woman only got a third of her husband's estate, known as the quote-unquote women's thirds, or widows, sorry, widows' thirds. Um, The change in the law gave a woman her widow's share plus the land her husband held in her name and much of her own inheritance, but only if she proved adultery, hence the parade of prostitutes. So the courts actually sided with Elizabeth, uh, even though they weren't thrilled with her and her uh, vanity. Uh, She got her divorce, and she also got a hefty chunk of the shared estate. So More than a third? It's more than a third. She got... More than the widow's thirds, because the law changed. So she got everything she owned before that, because she married down, like in status, plus some of what her husband had. Okay. So, uh, also, for your boobs, the birth control pill was invented at Clark University in, is it Worcester? Worcester. Worcester. Oh, see, oh gosh, you and the British, what am I going to do with y'all? You want to know what the name is of the town that is between us and Danvers right now? What is it? Oh, God. It's spelled P-E-A-B-O-D-Y. Peabody. That's cute. No, no. <laughs> it's Peabody. 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 Yep. Yeah, Peabody. I feel like that's what I would call it if I was trying to make fun of it. That but then I would end do. up being. Right. I don't know. <laughs> well, I, a lot of my factual things came up with Peabody or Peabody. 
Um, okay, so here, here's your boost. Here's your boost. So this is from Emily Sweeney in an article from the Boston Globe. Uh, so in April 1922, the Boston Globe reported on the sudden rise of baby carriage bootleggers. So this is to, to do with prohibition. And described women as champion booze hiders. The, art- oh, yeah. <laughs> the article revealed the strategies that women used at the time. So tucking bottles under the blankets, under mattresses, and even hiding uh, booze on young children. The most popular refuge picked by women for contraband booze is the pocket hidden beneath her skirt. Uh, a tailored dress will secrete a number of bottles around the person without a hazard of clinking glass or gurgling noises. What a choice of words. Secrete. Uh, those were not <laughs> mine. Having secrete together with gurgling. I'm not, I'm not entirely <laughs> sure I'm cool with that. Gurgling, nozzle. <laughs> gurgling nozzles is... i'm writing that down that's just not (laughs) no uh but thank you 1922 boston globe for that um also massachusetts ban uh law bans happy hours and drink specials not to mention drinking games and severely restricts when supermarkets can sell beer and wine i am so sorry kate well not anymore as much it's still there they're called blue laws right and not anymore. Now, okay, so uh, I don't know exactly the year, and I'm and I'm going to guess wrong. But in my memory, so I moved to Massachusetts in 1998, and at that time, you could not buy alcohol anywhere except specified stores, freestanding package stores, so called, because you would walk out with your alcohol in paper bags right. packaged. Right. Um, sometime in that period of time from 98 into the early two thousands, the laws were lifted in a way that now you can buy beer in certain stores and you can, Oh, by the way, also the blue laws could not buy alcohol on Sundays. That yeah, sucked. it was the same in Colorado until about two thousand and eight, two thousand ten. So we we had blue laws of our own. But you could buy weed. That made sense. Yeah, totally. Yeah. The thing I, I was gonna, I have a like a bonus level boobs thing for oh, Massachusetts. Yeah. <laughs> is that right around the same time is when they finally lifted it? I know that in in nineteen ninety eight you could not get a tattoo legally in massachusetts oh i'm not making it up because i i had at the time that was my i have like five tattoos now that was my second i had to go up to new hampshire to get it i had me screwed there were no tattoo wow zero not one oh man yeah so there are you know boobs as well as various other body parts (laughs) around massachusetts that are now legally tattooed that would not have (laughs) without these laws totally approve of that Oh. All right. Well, I got some bizarre wow. facts for you. Um, I'm I'm oh, sure you know some of these, especially for Salem. But <laughs> Hocus Pocus was actually filmed in Salem. Okay, let's face it. Probably one uh-huh. of the best Halloween films of all time. Like I still watch it like every year. <laughs> um, the TV series Bewitched recorded six episodes in the town in 1970, and they now have a statue uh-huh. of Samantha erected there. I've heard. 
That motherfucking I've heard statue. I've heard it's right. bad. <laughs> First of all. Tell us how you really feel, Kate. I'm not sure. I'm ambivalent. First of all, Elizabeth Montgomery looks as though someone has beaten her in the face with something large with a lot of sharp edges. Like a piano. <laughs> oh, no. I was thinking a baseball bat with nails, but. Uh, no, oh, bigger than oh. that, for sure. Secondly, it's at like the worst goddamn spot because it's right up to the road. And so people get there, you know, unfortunately attired and even more unfortunately faced family all lined up to get this dumbass <laughs> look on their face as though that show had anything to do with this town at all ever and yes it was called salem but so was whatever i whatever whatever <laughs> we don't celebrate stephen king's salem's lot here but we celebrate bewitched because it anyway i'm whatevering so they get their ugly family all lined up next to this statue and then the photographer backs up and backs up and backs up and then falls over the fucking curb and lands in the street. Uh... No holly, no. Christ, my kid's best friend. Her mother is a manager at a cafe that directly overlooks that. And she's like, yeah, I have to call 911 like six times a year, but 24 times in October what? because of that goddamn statue. Oh, yeah. uh... Okay, Kate, your, your next yeah. goal in life is to get that statue moved. That will be your claim to fame. Oh, I have four kids that could be... Ha- well, but that's the thing. Is I would rather Darwin be at, be at play here. <laughs> Fair, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. It's it's a pretty unfortunate statue. I just Googled oh, it. it. is it bad? Oh. It, I, I'm saying. And how many ugly people are standing next to it? Uh, yeah. just it that's what I thought. What's uglier, All the statue them. or the people? I mean... Well, the people leave, so there's that. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay so here's a few notable people from salem which i haven't done before um george swinnerton parker who was the founder of parker brothers who doesn't love board games just saying uh nathaniel hawthorne okay less excited about that now that we've learned other facts um also i hated <laughs> the scarlet leather the le- letter i'm sorry 15 pages about a goddamn door i'm over it I'm I'm definitely I'm definitely it. a Hemingway girl. I love the short, brief, cut to the chase kind of person. Um, and Alexander Graham Bell is also from Salem. All right, hmm. tell me, Kate do you do you know Webster Lake? Yes, not well, but yes. Do you know the official name for it? No. Okay, the official name for the body of water in the town of Webster, Massachusetts, is Lake. Please bear with me. I'm going to butcher this to pieces. Is like Chargagagog, Manchog, Gagog, Chalbuna, Gunga, Mog. Yeah. Yeah. That's really long. I was totally going to name one of my kids that, but you know. (laughs) (laughs) That child might have turned uh, uh, to the darker side of life for that name. Um. The name of the lake is loosely translated from an Algonquin word meaning English knife men and Nipmuc Indians at the boundary or neutral fishing place. That actually sounds like most Welsh places. They're like, you know, it's that building up on the hill next to the white tree beyond the fence next to the grassy knoll. 
that's, that's how a lot of things are named, I feel like, about 500 years ago. It is the fifth longest word in the world and the longest name of any lake in the world, according to the Guinness Book of World Records. Oh. You're welcome. And if anybody can pronounce it correctly, please send us in a voice clip of that because help. And then we can have Carla redo it so that she can actually pronounce it correctly. I still won't pronounce it correctly. Let's face it. Okay. So I have four more things. I quick. don't pronounce Peabody correctly. <laughs> People don't pronounce Burgundy in New Orleans correctly either. It's Burgundy, so which I learned. But. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So it is illegal to make clam chowder with tomatoes in Massachusetts. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's a state law that forbids snoring unless all of your doors and windows are locked. Um, goatees are illegal unless you pay special license fee to wear one in public. I approve. Dude, I am totally hitting with my husband with that tomorrow. <laughs> he, does, oh, he does not have a goatee right now, but it will. It will. It might make some life decisions for him quite difficult. We'll see. I was going to say, Kate, does he also snore? Because you got to put all those doors and windows down and make sure they're locked. Uh, you know, we'll have, a talk, we'll have several talks tomorrow. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> You're like, just saying, honey, we're breaking a lot of laws. I think we need to make some life decisions well, here. Well, no, no, it's just, we already knew we were breaking laws. It's just, <laughs> it's just a case of knowing you're doing it while you're doing it at the time, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh dueling is so frowned upon in massachusetts that it's even illegal to do so with water pistols huh yeah so kate if your kids got a a few water guns out there no duels no walking 15 steps turning around shooting just don't do it it's it it needs to be guerrilla warfare style apparently i was gonna say straight to the face and then they're fine yeah (laughs) so well that's it for my bbvs guys Thank you, Kate, for your input on that. That was amazing. Yeah, that was really, really wonderful. It's always so fun when you get to hear people from the actual place talk about the different like facts and whatnot. Because it was so fun when we when we did it for Denver, it was it was really cool to just be like, Oh yeah. It was personal. Yeah. Yep. So that's that's great. Um Okay, what next? What you, you do you have, want me to read a thing? You have a, a thing to read, a read to thing, all that. I do. And I I think this is very fitting for our theme that we've been talking about tonight. Uh, you know, the whole Satan thing and whatever. <laughs> uh, this is a postcard. It says on the front, I already know that I'm going to hell. At this point, it's really go big or go home. Oh, fuck. <laughs> this is one from me. Yes, it is. Oh, God. From you, Carla. It's got some pretty pretty good uh, gold gold nuggets. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't know what you're saying either. It's okay. <laughs> uh, what is this word? Fouts, Fouts's mortuary? Uh-huh. Foots? Fouts's mortuary. Foots? Fouts's like, mortuary. Fouts's mortuary? What? You stab him. We slab him. What is that from? I, my friend Katie Milky, my best friend uh, through elementary sc- or preschool to elementary school and middle school, used to say that when she would answer the phone. Oh. <laughs> That's his mortuary. You stab him. We slab him. What a thing to answer your phone with. <laughs> uh, 
what's your favorite way to answer the phone? Okay, that makes sense now. I had no idea what you're saying. Um, <laughs> I was drunk. I didn't either. I'm pretty sure my my favorite way to answer the phone, mostly because it's my husband who who's calling me. So most of the time it's me just going, sup, bitch. And that's just kind of like... So if it's not David, then it's just going to be really awkward. Well, you'll answer that for me too. Let's be fair. Well, yeah. And in this case, bitch is a ter- term of endearment. It's nothing bad. I don't know. I just just putting that out there. <laughs> <clears throat> um, have you ever pranked called someone? Prank called someone? Uh, yeah, when I was like ten. <laughs> um, you say I've played Ding Dong Ditch and was a complete failure at it. Almost got shut into a garage. Okay. Um, Awkward. Uh, My dad always tries to answer my calls with a clever line and fucks it up, which is hilarious. Do you have any examples of such? He's always like, Freddy's frogs. Like, he tries to answer, like, he has it in his head and just cannot say it. He's like, Freddy's frogs farm. That's sad. (laughs) It's so cute. (laughs) And, and I wait for him to get it correct, and and then I'm like, oh hi, dad. Like that was terrible, but I love you and thank you for trying. Do you want me to call back so you can do it correctly? He <laughs> still won't do it correctly. <laughs> uh, found out my dad could text last year, and it was hilarious. He was still using T nine. What? Yeah, he had a flip phone, not a smartphone. Ah, oh, that's wonderful. Amazing, as you say. My niece is better at technology than me. She's five. By the way, I love shuffleboard and bocce ball. I'm officially 65 on a cruise. XO, XO, curly Q. Also, my nice. niece is a serial killer. Uh, or what? she's a future serial killer. Okay, so she had... Kate, tell me what you think about this. She, my, my sister, I, I love how she raises my niece. I think it's very, very modern, very open. Uh, lets her watch horror movies. My niece loves it. She loves being scared and that adrenaline. Is she still five? She's still five. Uh, okay. And she said, she said last Halloween, cause she loves Halloween. It's her favorite holiday. Uh, she had a gingerbread man during Christmas that had a circle on its stomach and the teachers asked her, well, what's that for, Marilyn? She says, well, it's where he stabbed himself. What? Yes. And then, so I asked her, well, what do you want to be for Halloween next year? And she's like, I want to be a scary clown with blood on my face, uh, a ripped open tummy, a few fingers missing, and a bloody knife. Oh, my. She likes being scary for Halloween. She doesn't want to be cute. She wants to be scary. I don't know. But she's also the sweetest, nicest, most caring, giving, sharing person you'd ever meet. So I'm like, all right, I don't know how this is going to work, but this is okay. What is your, how does uh, your sister, what is she, what is her reaction to that? They just laugh. They're just like, all Hmm. right, you be you. Like, she's there. Well, has she seen stuff with scary clowns on it? Um, so there's this game called uh, Five Finger Freddy, I think. Five, five, five Nights at Freddy's. Okay. Yeah, she's played that, and she's also seen 28 Days Later, as far as I know. And Scary Clowns, I don't know if she's seen it or not, but I don't think so. 
I mean, so, I mean, my first, one of my earliest memories is my dad's laying on the couch watching a, a movie and I go over to say goodnight and he grabs me and pulls me over real close and won't let me get up again because he's watching Poltergeist and he's scared of it <laughs> and oh. he doesn't want to watch it alone. Oh. And so I watched Poltergeist oh. at, you know, whatever, three. <laughs> and yeah, so I seem not to be a serial killer as far as you know. <laughs> I'm not a serial killer. So on the one hand, I feel like that's fine. On the other hand, okay, I'm living in Puritan, New England, right? right? And I have a I have a problem with the way Americans cope with media and it's more so in the Northeast. So we all seem to think that we should protect our children from sex, but it's okay if we watch someone shoot himself on the evening news. Mm. And the problem is that I do eventually after they get out of the convent, <laughs> I want my children to have sex. Right. I want that to be a normal part you know, of their once lives. You know, the capacity yeah. belt, it's fine. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I don't ever want them to experience violence. Yeah. Oh, that's a really good. Yeah. And so I'm a very sheltering parent in that respect. Like, I don't let my younger kids watch violence because I don't want them to become immune to it. I want it to frighten them. I want them, I want them to see violence as a scary and, and abhorrent right. thing. Mm-hmm. You know, when they do see it or experience it, I want them, I want it to frighten them, to put them off. You know, so whether it's pretend or whether it's real, like I, I just, I'm very sheltering of all of it. And when they do see it once in a while, you can see like they'll startle there. That makes them uncomfortable. Um, you know, so there's that, but as long as your niece is finding these images out of media, she's seen then you can probably safely keep her out of any locked facilities for the moment. Well, I mean, and then I know growing up, my parents actually weren't really careful. Like I'd been watching animal house, a very sexual movie since I was three, like it was my dad's favorite or blues brothers or whatever. Like they didn't even think twice about it. They're like, well, she won't understand until she's older. And I feel like that actually did a lot more help than it did harm because it prepared me for the fact that there was this stuff out there that I wasn't going to be shocked or scared by it. That I'm just like, Oh, this is, this is the world. Like it's what everybody knows. Um, and it didn't scare me into one direction or the other. I was ready for it. Well, cause one direction is pretty scary. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are. Frightening. <laughs> uh, speaking of one direction, I think, we're going to my direction here. Uh, terrible segue. I'm so sorry for that. <laughs> Girl, you know you're beautiful. Oh, oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, I sent out an SOS to our fabulous podcast community the other day saying we need material for our show. So thank you, Kate. You definitely answered the call above and beyond. Um, but one of our friends, uh, his name is Richard. He's part of the podcast, learn me something. Uh, I listened to his episode on alcohol, very fitting for ours. Um, but they're just a really great podcast that just tries to kind of explore topics that they're not familiar with, or that other people might not be familiar with, uh, and just have, a uh, an intelligent, rational exploration of it. 
So he sent me his drunk story, and I have not read it. So this is a cold reading. It should be fun. Well, thank you, Richard, from Learn Me Something. So here is my drunk story. I am no stranger to public nudity. I often go to Reg Beach here in Vancouver, which Michael totally needs to go to if he hasn't already. But th- I have. Okay. <laughs> not nude. Not nude. <laughs> but this story takes my public nudity to a whole new level. See, I was in the Dominican for a friend's wedding at an all-inclusive resort. For most of the day, I was drinking white Russians, which, by the way, dairy belongs nowhere near alcohol, just saying. And Or in the, like, Caribbean. Ugh, dairy and heat? What is he thinking? Oh, God. <laughs> okay, and feeling pretty good. My wife was not feeling well, so she stayed at the hotel while the entire wedding party went over to the karaoke bar for some singing and some drinks. When I got there, someone ordered shots for tequila for everybody, for everyone. Now, this is the first time I had ever had tequila. By the way, seriously, Richard, get on board. As I mainly stick to beer and vodka, (laughs) tequila shots make my clothes come off. Hashtag earlier episode. Um, Well, first shot went down, then the second, and I think third shots went down. That is the last thing that I clearly remember. The rest of the night is a blur in my memory, or is just completely missing. Apparently, I had a really good time. I had convinced the enter wedding party to go skinny dipping in the ocean. We were staying at this huge resort, so it was a good 15-minute walk to the ocean. There are trolleys full of people going up and down the pathways to get people there quicker, but we decided to walk. From what I am told, along the way... One of the girls with us was asked if she was going to get naked with everyone, to which she replied, I will when you guys do. That, it seemed, was my cue to strip completely naked right there in the middle of the resort. Two other guys <laughs> joined me, and we so there's three guys naked now, and we walked the 10 minutes to the beach. This entire time, those trolleys are driving past us full of people. I was jumping in them, totally naked in brackets. And walk and trying to talk to everyone into coming to the beach with us. I was not successful. At one point, we ran into a security guard who was really mad that I was naked and made me put my clothes back on. <laughs> Brackets buzzkill. We got to the ocean. We all went skinny dipping. Brackets. I remember none of it. And somehow I made it back into my room with my keys, wallet, and cell phone. I woke up in my bed the next morning having absolutely no clue how I got there. Or what had happened. Luckily, the entire wedding party had the moments captured on camera and video. And to this day, still tell the stories of that night every time I see them. Okay, first (laughs) of all, (laughs) let's just point out the fact he ended up with keys, wallet, and cell phone. That's impressive. Right? Show off. Right? Okay, I'm 30 years old. I've never, ever, ever lost my wallet or cell phone, and I have done so like one time each in the last month. So, well done, and you're naked. No purse. (laughs) No backpack. No shorts. No pockets. That's amazing. Um, Also, okay, to me, a successful night is you've ended up in your own bed, you're alone, and you have at least some clothing of item on like i i think that's a successful night in my mind i you're not wrong (laughs) i mean i i'm not right either (laughs) (laughs) 
it's that's a good place to be is in your own bed with your own clothes on alone because the opposites of those are never fun (laughs) especially if you wake up in the morning there's a whole lot of other combinations that could go wrong there (laughs) (laughs) thank you i I think it's a trifecta that is yeah but with your salad cell phone wallet and keys that's just completely winning at life like screw the hangover screw anything else you did you're doing well taking it to the next level richard thank you richard well apparently you're going to whatever beach with him wreck beach it's actually not really a nude beach anymore it's more of like because it's right on the ubc campus uh so a lot of students go down there i was volunteering the other night with uh uh an elderly woman and uh, I was like, oh, yeah, we went down to Wreck Beach the other day. It was really pretty. And she just looked at me and she was like, with all the naked people? And I was like, no. <laughs> no one was naked. It's just like, you know, 20, 30 somethings just walking around enjoying themselves. And she's like, oh, I've seen some stuff down there. And I'm like, God, I bet you have. <laughs> I Hey, my name is Rich. Hi, my name's Aaron. We are hosts of a show called Learn Me Something. A little podcast where you learn a thing or two about a thing or two. And we teach you everything from how cannabis works to what are dreams. Dreams? Those are my favorite kind of podcasts. They are. You can find us on Google Play, iTunes, or anywhere you get your podcasts every Friday. I have another naked, I have another boob story related to to Massachusetts, if you want to back up with that, that, okay, there is a beach on Martha's Vineyard. Uh, It is called Gay Head Mm -hmm. because the cliffs are pretty, although, you know, there's not a whole lot of holds barred there. And it is unofficially a nude beach. I don't know that Massachusetts is actually liberal enough to have a officially condoned to New Beach, you know? So here's the thing. When JFK Jr.'s plane crashed, that happened on Mm -hmm. a Saturday morning. And pieces of the plane started to wash up on the beach. And that's when everybody gets kicked off the beach and the Coast Guard comes in with with the planes and boats and presumably not any trains or automobiles, but I'm not real sure. The reason I know is because I was on that beach that day. No way. They don't tell you that it was a nude beach that those plane parts washed up on, do they? (laughs) Oh, my God. And because things in my family are fucked up, I was on that beach with my mother. Now, I had been on another nude beach a time or two in my past, but my mother was trying to, I would say, enter a phase shall we say and she'd never been on a nude beach before because she was just like it's really hard to maintain eye contact i can't maintain eye contact here I don't <laughs> that's her major concern <laughs> and right about the time that she starts to get comfortable a huge motherfucking airplane wheel washes up like 50 feet away from where we're sitting you know and she and i are both looking oh, at each no. other like i don't know what to do about that like, that's not within my realm of, of what might happen here today, right? 
the worst we're thinking about is where am I going to put my wallet, right? And <gasps> so the thing about my mom is that you don't tell her no. She doesn't cope well with no. And so the Coast Guard starts coming up and being like, okay, you got to get off the beach. We need to take this off. Something has gone badly here. And my mother starts arguing with the Coast Guard. <laughs> so at this point, I had put on clothes and I was like, okay, I'm going to grab the cooler. I'm going. And she's like arguing with them like, well, we'll just stay up far away from the water. We'll go up to the other end of the beach. And he was just like, ma'am, you know, and at this point, we don't even know it's JFK. Yeah, JFK Jr. All we know is something's real wrong with that plane. And uh, so, yeah, they, well, you know, when they do the air, the shots overhead of like, here's where the plane stuff was, they don't show anybody on the beach. That's why. That is a fascinating story and nothing what like what no. I was expecting to hear. <laughs> no. Thank you for sharing. Like, yeah. <laughs> plane crashes. <laughs> oh, and not just anyone's plane crash. JFK Jr. It's like a plane crash. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. I mean, we we should take it into the next segment, but I, I don't even know how to segue into that. So I'm just gonna ask you, Michael. Where the fuck were you last week? I'm pretty sure it wasn't on that beach. No, it was not on that beach. <laughs> it was somewhere a lot colder. Yes. Kate, do you have any guesses? Did you listen to the last episode? I don't know if you or if you saw any. Of I didn't our posts. get to the end of it because my kid got in the car and kids ruined everything. So I was I was there for a good chunk of it, but I didn't. I'm not smart perfectly enough. fine. Perfectly fine. Uh, so this, of course, is where the fuck am I? This is the game where. Uh, I oh crap I've navigated away from my notes okay this is where the fuck am I uh this is the game where I describe where I am what I've seen what I've had to eat or drink and you guess where the fuck I am because I don't even know anyone who guesses correctly first through our social media or email will be the winner and you'll get a shout out on the next episode and (gasps) we have a little bit of an announcement to make We got some merch. And by we, by we, I mean Carla. Yeah, I ordered some some merch. merch. It's mostly self-promotion, but at least you get something. So, And Kate, you were the one that actually inspired me when you sent me that lovely card with the, I meant to tell you. Okay, so that was the whole point of (laughs) this whole thing was that we got your card with all the lovely stickers in it. And we were so excited. Hey, I was running around my workplace, like waving this around, like I got something from Salem, Massachusetts, and I have no idea what it's from. <laughs> and it's our first stranger card, and I'm so excited. And I'm like, it rattles. There's things in it. Like I was losing my shit. I was so excited. So thank you. Um, which was the whole inspiration for the Salem booze, boobs, and bazaar in the first place. And then now we have you on the show, which is more exciting. Yeah. Um, so I have ordered some stickers, which are in the similar style of the ones you're sending out, uh, the two by two logo. And, uh, mm-hmm. we have some postcards with our logo on it. And we also have some business cards with our logo on it. So we'd be happy to send you some stuff and say, thank you for playing our little pod game. Cool. Yay. Very cool. <clears throat> yes. I, I, let me warn you though, sit down before you open it when it shows up in the mail and maybe be away from the alcohol for the night because it is so goddamn exciting when it happens. Okay. You have no idea. Okay. 
Well, it's going to be in my P.O. box, which is next to work. So I will definitely not be on the alcohol, which is good. So. <laughs> good and I always send Michael videos and pictures of me opening the post box. So there's when, when she got that card, so... she got that card and she was like, I'm so excited. I'll wait until we're Skyping t- to like open it. And I was like, no, 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 you open it. Just record it. Like, I, I want to know just as bad as you do. And then I literally recorded it. <laughs> And then you recorded it. Well, it looked like you had one of your coworkers. Well, yes, record yes, it. it got so exciting. I had someone else record it for me. So, so thank you, Kate. You were part of a very intense, exciting moment for us. It, it was a very exciting. Well, I'm glad to know. Whatever, like Wednesday or whatever. Okay, so you were somewhere cold. Um, yeah, and well, before we get into that, we're in that sticky situation again where we're recording before we have any winners. So I'm going to have pause right here. So I can insert them in the future. Insert our listeners. That sounds so wrong. Howdy, y'all. It's Michael, not Carla. I know. I tricked you with my use of y'all. You never would have known. Anyway, I'm here to announce our winners for this week. Drum roll, please. Aunt Jeanette Britt. And Stephanie K. all told me I was in Oslo, Norway. Congratulations. Now back to the show. God damn it, I was so close. You were so close. I you really were... was. Dude. You were one country away. Carla said Helsinki, Finland. Okay, so a uh, recap of what I did in Oslo. I went uh, sledding on the Cork Trekkerin the site of the 1952 Winter Olympics uh, bobsledding track, which once again is a 10-minute sledding track, which is like 10-year-old Michael is like freaking out. <laughs> right now. Um, the, uh, the old brick schoolhouse slash museum is the National Museum of Art, Architecture, and Design, where I saw uh, Edvard Munch's The Scream, hence why I screamed nice. when I saw it. <laughs> Uh, I spoke of the world, or no, uh, yes, I spoke of the world's largest single artist sculpture park, that is the Vigeland Sculpture Park, uh, which was featured in my Friday freebie, and then I gained 15 pounds at the 183rd best restaurant in the world, <laughs> that was called Contrast. Uh, I then walked it off, if only... <laughs> Uh, by visiting the Oseberg ship in the Viking Ship Museum, which was the other half of my Friday freebie, and then the Fram Museum, which, of course, has been to both poles. And then that horrible joke happened that I fell right <laughs> What, into. that I've been to both poles? You're right, Michael, I have been. Yeah. Uh, which actually kind of makes me bummed out that I should have guessed this. I should have guessed Oslo because I know all about that ship and all about the conservation of it. And just totally drew a blank about which city it was in. I was I was bummed. I'm not gonna lie. I was disappointed in myself. It's it's so crazy. When I was looking it up, it's apparently one of the best preserved Viking oh, yeah. objects in the world. Not just like ships, like totally. Viking objects, yeah. which is insane. And it's and a here's whole me, ship. the conservator, who completely forgot which city it was in. Anyway, continue. Shame. <laughs> okay. <sighs> Well, here, here we go with my with my new travel diary. You you have a chance to redeem yourself, Carla, um, and me, and you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. This time, 
I woke up in the middle of a roller coaster. How? You're asking the wrong person. <laughs> but from here, I saw New York and Hollywood and San Francisco. I, th- I thought the roller coaster was making scrambled eggs out of my brain. Uh, <laughs> but then there was also Nintendo, Snoopy, and Hello Kitty themed places. That made me feel a lot better, I guess. That or I just became one with my scrambled eggs. <laughs> I do that every day. Fine. <laughs> anyway, I left. I left to go to what I've been told is the city's nightlife district. It's basically an all-you-can-see buffet of LED and neon. There was one LED billboard that everyone seemed to be taking a photo of slash with. It's some still life of a runner with a moving background, and that background made it look like he had crossed a finish line. I took a photo with it, just in case. And thank the Lord I did, because it's a famous candy company advertisement. Uh, they make these little biscuits covered in chocolate, chocolate, and I was basically in heaven. They're like these these straw like biscuits dipped in chocolate. Ew. Wink, 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 wink. <gasps> uh, <laughs> anyway, there was some other neat mechanized uh, advertisements there too, including a fully operational crab, which that crab turned out to be. <laughs> basically an advertisement for a restaurant so why not get some tasty crab i ordered a multi-course meal of boiled crab steamed egg custard with crab crab sushi wink 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 <laughs> crab crab gratin with crab sauce you know, and yes raw crab the only time someone ever tells me i have crab and then winks is never a good thing stop just stop it's someone i don't know more (laughs) well after a meal like that who could possibly be crabby apparently the person that's winking at me uh (laughs) uh okay last part i then took a stroll uh through the city to the city's first public park which was opened in 1891 I then walked past the city's public hall, which was established in 1911 and was built in a neo-Renaissance architectural style. Too bad David isn't here with with his knowledge and love of ceramics, because there is a friggin' ceramics museum. What? Apparently, it's one of the best collections in the world. Something about this city makes me feel like that fact is not very surprising. So that's my travel diary. Now, where the fuck am I? Damn, Michael. I mean, I have some guesses. Not Cheyenne, Wyoming this week. I think I've learned my lesson on that one. <laughs> I don't know, Kate. You got you got anything here? I no no no, no. don't put me in the spot here. <laughs> I, I no, I have like three guesses, but none of them are right. I'm pretty sure. So no, no. I no, want to hear them. I'm not insane. All right. I I think I got it. All right. So we've got, what was there, boardwalks? Uh, Yeah, kind of. Kind of. Uh, LEDs. Sounds like you're traveling around the world. (sighs) I'm thinking Las Vegas. Yeah, I started with Vegas. Yeah, I started with Vegas. And then I quickly moved to Atlantic City because clearly that's the only place you can be is Atlantic City. Okay, maybe not the only place. 
Are you saying? Well, see. Oh, go ahead, Kate. I got stuck. That my husband is Dutch, and so I got stuck on the ceramics in Delft, but I'm pretty sure that's not it either. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Interesting. Yeah, I got stuck well, on the I'll give you candy. So I'm thinking like, ooh, M and M's factory. Maybe it's Las Vegas, but. No, no, no. The... Well, I mean, Las Vegas is definitely, you know, waking in the middle of the roller coaster <laughs> yeah. to all the other shit. Yeah, that's Vegas. This is true, but I could mm-hmm. also see Nintendo and Hello Kitty from the roller coaster. Yeah. Tokyo. Yeah, there we go. You're getting a little closer uh... now. <laughs> Not quite Tokyo. What? But I'll leave it at, at that. What? Not Tokyo. Oh man, and here I felt. I didn't. I, did, I was going to choose Tokyo, but I thought that was too on the nose. Anyway, if any of you know, please please write us, comment us, uh, and and let us know where I am. If you need help, we release uh, Hump Day hints and Friday freebies on Wednesdays and Fridays. So be on the lookout oh for God. those. Look at your alliteration. Oh, you know, it's the theatrical I, I... gay in me. I don't know. <laughs> All right, Michael. Well, let's tell them where they can send their drunk ramblings, drunk stories, drunk ideas. I We take everything and anything. So you can write to us, which always gets preferential material on the show, at P.O. Box 198514, Nashville, Tennessee, 37219, or at gopostalpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on our social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We're all at Go Postal Podcast. Um, please find us uh, on any of your podcatchers. Also, make sure you listen to Ignorance Was Bliss. It is a great show. Um, it, the one episode I've listened to so far <laughs> is wonderful. I've listened to a few. Kate is a gem and brilliant and hilarious, obviously, as she's had us cracking up all night. So, Kate, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Is there anything else you'd like to tell our listeners or your own listeners that might tune in? No, it's just been a blast. Um, You know, come play again. And it's one of these times I'll come up with, with a better sign off than this like my my husband just said like that's your thing is you got to plug yourself better and i'm like uh i'm not as smart as i thought i was apparently so well self-promotion it's a hard thing it's i it, is. it took I, us so you long you think to... i'd be good at it by now and i suck i suck so it's fine it's good it's fine didn't you tell me this was gonna be you, you wanted to keep this to like 40 minutes this is what happens when you have me on this a show this is fine any sense of time we just <laughs> no this is perfect it's, yeah. hey it's been organic michael can cut some of this end stuff out like michael's a really good editor i trust him and he has extra time to edit this week unlike usual unlike five hours before yeah. it's supposed to be released um, so at <laughs> yeah. the end of our show kate we i say ciao he say, says says so if you'd like to say goodbye in another language we would totally appreciate that au revoir Auf Wiedersehen. Ciao.